See, they just don't make them like they used to, which is why Carolina Classic Cars is your one-stop shop for everything classic. Check out our showroom just off Highway 64 near Asheboro or hop on our website at thecarolinaclassiccars.com. Carolina Classic Cars, let's go for a ride. Welcome to Crash Radio, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars on WKXR 94.9 FM. Crash Radio is created by Rhino Leap Productions, a company producing theater, music, dance, and documentaries in North Carolina. Every episode of Crash Radio focuses on local musicians, writers, and storytellers presented as a live event in Asheboro, North Carolina. The content is then edited for broadcast. This episode was recorded live at the Carolina Tap House in downtown Asheboro. If you are looking for the perfect spot for a date night, a family-friendly game night, or just a relaxing bar stool to watch sports and wind down, check out Carolina Tap House. Recently reopened in our central downtown location, we offer 48 taps of craft beer, wine, and even cocktails. And the best part is, you get to pour it yourself. Grab a card, serve yourself, and only pay for what you pour. And if you're hungry, we have plenty of food options. For more info, check out our website at carolinataphouse.com. Carolina Tap House. Come experience the fun. Our first guests are the Couldn't Be Happiers. The Couldn't Be Happiers are a married songwriting indie country duo out of Winston-Salem. Jordan Crosby Lee, originally out of Texas, plays guitar, and Jody Hildebrand Lee, a Carolina native, is usually on the drums, but tonight will be on the tambourine and harmonica. You can catch them around the triad or on their website at couldn'tbehappiers.com. This song was inspired by, uh, y'all watch that show, uh, The Walking Dead? Yeah. I always wonder how long, you know, we would last in a zombie apocalypse. Um, and not long, because we don't have any survival skills between either of us. Um, but what we figured we'd do is throw a party, and everybody could, and we would perform. That we'd entertain. That would be our thing. That's how we'd stay alive. Um, I think we'd be alive for approximately 12 and a half hours. Yeah. So you could throw a hell of a party in that time, I think. So we wrote a song about building a treehouse where everybody's invited to come and hang out. Um, you know, even if you work for, I don't know, Exxon or GE? No, we, Exxon. no, we not. <laughs> All right, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. What you gonna do when the water's rise and the green of the land is ocean blue? What you gonna do when the water's rise? Yeah, I'm gonna swim to you. What you gonna do when the swimming polar bears displace and think of for your hair? Have no fear, I'll sing about you, my dear, and they'll escort me to you. What you gonna do when you get here? Gonna take you to a dry mountain top with enough wood to make a couple of guitars and extra for your own stop box. You and I, damn it, will survive. Da 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 da. You're all welcome to. What you gonna do on the mountaintop? Gonna build you the finest bamboo wave frame. What you gonna do about the hurricane? Street parade. But what you gonna do about the bandits when they come for our stuff and to clean our clocks? I'm not scared to them, I dare. I'll cut them down with a the garage. Chop, 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 you and I. Hey, damn it, we'll survive. Da, 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 You're all welcome to. What you gonna do when the water's rise and we gotta head on for higher ground? We're gonna find the world's last brass band in second line out of town. Well, let's find a sequoia in the clouds. Let's spiral face your own tree house. Hang a sign that says no oil and gas conglomerates allowed. You and I. 
Our next guest is Brianna Letourneau, reading on behalf of author Sean Selt. Luna was my Jack Russell. Um, I always felt she had a lot to say, so I decided she needed to write a book. Um, This book's about her life, pieces of my life, her best German shepherd friend, Drake, and some of our horse adventures. All the stories are true in it. Um, I chose to use a pen name, and some of the names have been changed just for privacy, uh, but all the events are true. Uh, The book is so personal to me that I actually have trouble reading it. (laughs) So Brianna Letourneau has been nice enough to offer to read it for me. Um, She's going to read the dedication, the preface, and then a chapter called The Cat Game. So this is O Luna, A True Story Through a Dog's Eyes. Dedicated to all the dogs who enter our lives, bringing their gift of love through the unbridled being of their innate character, the once-in-a-lifetime dogs who capture our soul. The preface. The inspiration to write this book came from my dogs. There is a saying that when you can see your own usefulness, you are no longer useful. Dogs bring their gifts to us simply by being who they are. No thought of what we want or need them to be or how useful they are. This purity is the greatest gift. Most humans have trouble knowing how to just be. The events in this book are real, told from Luna's perspective. A few passages are in italics to accentuate Luna's true voice, which is present tense because dogs only live in the now. They do not pine for the past nor visualize the future. I can only hope the words in these pages will do justice to the actuality. The Cat Game. Drake grew from the little puppy into a long-legged, nothing-but-paws big puppy. I could still out-sprint him during our outdoor chase adventures, but I could no longer play my favorite cat game. I discovered the game by accident when Drake was young and slow. The finished basement that we lived in was at a horse stable, and there were no cats inside with us, but there were many cats outside. Drake liked to follow me around while Sean fed horses and cleaned stalls. This stable was different from the one Sean worked at and where her horse stayed. This stable had the stalls surrounding the indoor arena, and it had no heat to combat the bitter winter temperatures. In the winter, I I frequently opted out of doing morning chores at this stable, though I always went with Sean to the other warmer stable. I had never abandoned Sean during chores until after Drake arrived. I got up with Sean, went through the short morning routine, and then curled up on my couch blanket, or went under the covers in bed playing deaf while Sean bid me time to get out. The first few times I did this, Sean would have to stop her hustle out the door, return down the stairs, and walk to hunt my location. If I was was on the couch blanket, Sean could see me from the bottom of the stairs. It made her more angry if I was all the way in the bedroom, the furthest place from the stairs. Seriously, Luna, she would say while glaring at me, are you sure you don't want to go? She would ask while holding out my jacket. I would not bat an eye or even move an eyeball toward her. I could hear her mumble something that included whatever, Luna, as she walked away. Drake was always with her. He loved the cold. When they returned from the chili chores, I met them at the door with great excitement because I had to potty badly. Sean would put on my jacket and we would trudge back into the cold and snow to let me go potty. 
Thanks a lot, Luna, I would hear her say in the distance. Even though the stable, even though the stable where we lived was colder, unlike the other stable, it had cats. Lots of cats. The cats were not afraid of dogs, though as Drake grew into an adult, that would all change. The first time that Sean saw me play the cat game, she was standing a short distance from the stable in front of the garage. Drake was sitting next to her feet as she stood talking to someone. Next to Drake were two cats. I trotted over to antagonize them a little. It is important to start directly in front of the cat. Make eye contact and then quickly move toward their tail while keeping a safe distance. This action makes the cat a bit nervous, so the cat would turn with me as I moved towards the tail. Then I would quickly swing back in the direction that I just came from. I repeated this motion while adding in a particularly important darting motion. I would dart in toward the cat at an unsafe distance and then dart back out into my safe zone. Now the cat would be a little off balance as I darted front to back in and out. The cat would get defensive. But its paws and claws reached nothing but air as I was so quick. Drake, however, was not quick at all, especially because he was sitting idle and not playing the game. Once the cat was really annoyed, I moved in Drake's direction and bam, Drake would get a swat full of claws right in his big muzzle. <laughs> Sean was appalled. Drake was yelping and I was able to get the same result from the cat number two, just as Drake had recovered from the first blow. I heard a loud, knock it off, Luna, as the cats finally dispersed because it was clear I was not going to let the game end. Sean was shaking her head. Drake pawed at his muzzle, still whining. After Drake grew into an adult, he became uncontrollable around cats, a 90-pound muscled mass of, I'm gonna get you. Sean blamed me for this behavior as if it were my fault. <laughs> And once again, the couldn't be happiers. Doctor points to a shadow on the x-ray. A tropical storm gets a name. Mama gets a knock on her door much too late. Nobody knows under living between lightning and thunder
Thank you for listening to Crash Radio here on WKXR 94.9 FM, sponsored by Carolina Classic Cars and produced by Rhino Leap Productions.